1: We can trust the Bible. The Word of God stands out in sharp contrast to all the works of men. It has been and can still be demonstrated that all confusion, errors, and contradictions have emanated from the mind of man, not from the Word of God. Hear the words of the 19th Psalm, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Yes, my friends, God has spoken, and His revealed will is infallible. Are you submitting to His divine will for your life? The Word of God is the perfect law, the law of liberty, James 1.25. You can trust the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. What a wonderful thought to begin our broadcast today, and we pause and thank our J. Webb for his kind introductions And we are delighted and blessed that you are with us today, dear listener, as we embark upon another study through our efforts here at the International Gospel Hour. We appreciate each and every listener. We thank you for your comments, whether you call us by our toll-free number or send us a message through Facebook or our website. We're going to pause in just a moment to hear a few words about our website and the changes therein. But we want you to know that today is a very special broadcast, as we are going to study Understanding the Will of God. Now, such a discussion alone makes it special, but we have another reason this is special, and we will tell you about that in just a moment. But first, R.J. Webb with a few words about our website.
0: Our website is internationalgospelhour.com. Please go and peruse our website hit the contact tab and leave us a message or the survey tab and let us know where you hear our programs please check out the free tab as well for a variety of materials you may use in your studies again that's internationalgospelhour.com and now let's return to our study
1: thank you again jay and folks want to tell you a little extra about our website As Jay mentioned, our free tab for those studies that are absolutely free, you'll notice that on our updated website, we have changed that to the Resources tab, but the material is still free, always has been, and always will be. We're thankful on our website that you can listen to previous speakers of our broadcast here on the International Gospel Hour, and among them, Brother V.E. Howard want to talk a little bit about Brother Howard today on our broadcast. Brother Howard began the International Gospel Hour in 1934, and at the time it was simply called the Gospel Hour. It was in 1934 that a new piece of communication was still in its infant years, and it was called the radio. That's right, friends. What you're listening to today, or either over-the-air radio, by podcast, or wherever it might be, It all began with the radio. And it was then from station KTHS in Hot Springs, Arkansas, that B. E. Howard offered a radio broadcast to the local station manager. He began preaching on the radio, and every week for 86 years, the International Gospel Hour has been heard over the airwaves. How blessed we are we can continue that work. And we are blessed here at the International Gospel Hour to have transcripts of lessons that Brother Howard prepared and delivered, or there were other brethren that assisted him in that work. But nevertheless, good, basic, biblical, gospel lessons that are needed even to this day. These transcripts have been placed in print in a number of volumes, a number of books. And several years ago, these were placed in print and finding these are an absolute treasure to me. So today, in memory of our brother and creator of the International Gospel Hour, Brother V. E. Howard, I am honored to deliver one of his lessons titled, Understanding the Word of God. Brother Howard begins. Ladies and gentlemen, in any serious study one must have a point of beginning. Let us consider some basic principles and logical steps in studying the Bible. The very first consideration must be the declaration that God is and that God has spoken. The whole Bible is based on this truth. The Word of God begins with the statement, "...in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth," Genesis 1, verse 1. And we read only to the third verse of the Bible until the affirmation is made, And God said, It is not plain common sense that the God who made us would also talk to us and reveal himself to us? Hebrews 1, 1 1-3 reveals that God, having of old time spoken unto the fathers in the prophets by divers portions and in divers manners, hath at the end of these days spoken unto us in his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things. The second consideration is that not only has God spoken, but the Bible is the revelation of His will. When it comes to God's spiritual wisdom and knowledge, man has everything to learn and nothing to teach. Therefore, the Bible is the product of God. It is the means through which God teaches us what we cannot learn by ourselves. The Bible has always claimed to be that revelation of the divine will of the Creator. The Apostle Paul stated, The things which I write unto you, they are the commandments of the Lord, 1 Corinthians 14.37. The Apostle Peter explained, For no prophecy ever came by the will of man, but men spake from God being moved by the Holy Spirit. The third consideration is that the Bible has been accurately translated. Let me add a point here from Brother Howard's lesson, as the men spake that were moved from God by the Holy Spirit. That's in 2 Peter 1 and verse 21. We appreciate that thought as we go into the third consideration that the Bible has been accurately translated. And now we continue with Brother Howard. Although originally written in the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek languages, the Bible has been translated into the language we know and commonly speak. With all of our modern wisdom and advanced techniques, this task has been done for us in a very clear and thorough manner. We can rest assured that the Bible we read today is faithful to that which the Lord first had recorded through the efforts of His inspired men. Next, beloved, we must understand that the Scriptures, as they were originally written by inspired men, were completely free of error. In other words, we can trust the Bible. The Word of God stands out in sharp contrast to all the works of men. It has been, and can still be demonstrated, that all confusion, errors, and contradictions have emanated from the mind of man, not from the Word of God. Hear the words of the 19th Psalm, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Yes, my friends, God has spoken, and His revealed will is infallible. Are you submitting to His divine will for your life? The Word of God is the perfect law, the law of liberty, James 1.25. You can trust the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. It is God speaking to man. The next vital consideration is that the Bible is complete and final. Any record of importance, even though it may be true, is not perfect if it does not give sufficient information. An incomplete message is not a clear message at all. In fact, it may be misleading and harmful. In order to fully understand the Word of God, one must study the entire content of the Bible on whatever subject is being considered. The Word of God is not merely a key to truth, it is the truth. As Paul wrote to the young evangelist Timothy, From a babe thou hast known the sacred writings, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Every scripture inspired of God is also profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, which is in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, Furnished completely unto every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 15-17 Yes, my friends, in the Bible we have the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude 3 We need no latter-day revelations, and there are none. The Bible contains all we need to know about life here and the hope of life hereafter. Another consideration of great importance Is the truth that the Bible can be understood by man? God made man a rational being, able to think and to reason. Is it not logical that God, in communicating with man, His creation, would call upon man's highest faculty, the power of reason? Reason far surpasses emotions, instincts, and intuition. Why use a lesser or more undependable trait for such an important matter as understanding the will of God? Why listen for the sound of an enemy when you can use radar? Why trust your feelings about your health when you can submit to the accurate scientific diagnosis of a physician? The apostle Paul wrote, "Give diligence to present thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, handling aright the word of truth." 2 Timothy 2:15. This inspired command implies that man can handle the word of God wrongly or rightly. My friends, did you know that one of the most pathetic enemies of the Bible is the person who uses poor reasoning? The Apostle Paul exhorted, Wherefore be you not foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, Ephesians 5.17. The Bible may be different from other books in that it is divinely authored, Yet it should be approached with logic and common sense such as one would employ with any intelligent communication. In everyday life we soon learn the necessity of good thinking. Why should people think that the Bible is an exception to this rule? If we violate the principles of logic and reason in politics, business, or in any other field, are we not likely to do the same thing when it comes to religion? Understanding the Bible is definitely not just a matter of dreaming and speculating or some kind of a sixth sense. The Bible declares again and again that man can easily be deceived. Hear the words of Jesus. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall lead many astray. Matthew 24, 5. The Apostle Paul warned, Let no man deceive himself. If any man thinketh that he is wise among you in this world, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He that taketh the wise in their craftiness, and again the Lord knoweth the reasonings of the wise that they are vain. Wherefore let no one glory in men. 1 Corinthians 3, 18-21. There are certain weaknesses of the human mind which have caused the Word of God to be abused and perverted. One of these violations of common sense is the deadly practice of prejudicial thinking. This is that common spirit of bias and partiality to which all mankind is subject. I doubt that any man is completely free of prejudice. It is almost impossible for one to face every issue freely and fully without being partial to some degree, because we have been too deeply involved in the feelings and influences of life. However, when it comes to the Word of God, we must strive to discover the full truth, whatever the personal sacrifice involved. Why are we prejudiced? There are so many things that shape each one of us, from our earthly training and past experience down to a simple desire to have our own desires gratified. These prejudices are often subtle and, as a result, are difficult to unlearn. All man's previous ideas on religion, morals, and doctrine will affect his approach to the Bible. The reason why so many of the Jews never understood Christ and His marvelous revelation was because they were tied to the wrong attitudes. Their thinking was distorted to the extent that they could not perceive the truth about Jesus the Messiah. And not only the Jews, but the Gentiles also were steeped in harmful and incorrect attitudes concerning the message of God. The Apostle Paul later wrote of them, saying, As the Gentiles also walk in the vanity of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardening of their hearts." who being past feeling gave themselves up to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, Ephesians 4:17 through 19 Is this not likewise a perfect picture of much of the world today? Therefore it is highly important that we possess the proper attitudes when we study the Bible. My friends, would you make a list of these essential attitudes as we discuss them today? We will come back to Brother Howard's lesson in just a moment. But as we talk and discuss of attitudes of Bible study, and for us to embrace understanding the Word of God, let us pause as our J-Webb will tell you about our free Bible study course that we offer by mail. Brother J. Kind listeners,
0: the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible study course by mail so you may study in the privacy of your own home. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com click on the Contact tab and leave us the same information, name, address, and type, Please Send the Home Study. We'll send it as soon as possible. Thanks always for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff.
1: If we would understand the Word of God, we must first of all be willing to work. An attitude of diligence comes first on our list because there is no other attitude that will take its place you must work for what you get, you must sow for what you reap. Getting something for nothing is more than just a common expression, it is a delusion. Bible study or Bible knowledge does not come without effort on our part. Our Bible study must become a vocation, not just a hobby. It must become a habit, not just as an occasional impulse. Far too many people fail to understand the Bible because they are simply unwilling to make the effort to learn. They are not like the Bereans of the first century, of whom Paul said, Now these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, examining the Scriptures daily, whether these things were so. Many of them therefore believed. Acts 17, 11, and 12. The next attitude, or spirit, that should follow is one of true reverence for the Word of God. The truth of God must be held with the highest respect. It must be regarded as more necessary than anything else in life. We must come to realize that, as Jesus said to Satan in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone, Luke 4, verse 4. In the next place, the one who comes to an understanding of the Word of God is that one who approaches it with an attitude of delight and love. Even in the Old Testament the righteous man is spoken of as being the one whose delight is in the law of Jehovah, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bringeth forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also doth not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Psalm 1, 2, and 3. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the Bible Too many people must think that the Bible is dry on the outside because their copy is dusty on the outside. You know, to pause here with this thought of our brother Howard, yeah, a lot of people do think that the Bible is dry on the inside, it's not living. And if they think the Bible is dry on the inside, I love that thought, because their copy is dusty on the outside. Brother Howard concludes this thought by saying, The Word of God can be a great pleasure, indeed. Now let's continue. Another indispensable attitude involved in understanding the Word of God is that of prayerfulness. One must undergird his Bible study with prayer because this prayerful attitude is absolutely essential to any serious study of God's message. In James 1.5, the Lord promised to respond to such an attitude of prayerfulness saying, But if any of you lacketh wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. My friends, this prayerfulness is more than an attitude. It is a practice. The Lord has promised wisdom, but we need not expect Him to do for us what we can and ought to do for ourselves. It would be good just here to remember the old saying, Pray as if everything depended upon God, and work as if everything depended upon yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, do you truly desire to understand the Word of God? Of all the attitudes that are essential to a proper understanding of the Bible, a strong desire to know the truth is one that is most essential. The challenge is simple. What does it mean to have the desire to be a completely honest inquirer unto the truth? Are you willing to accept the truth whether anyone else believes it or not? Do you desire the truth to the extent that you are willing to disregard your own opinions, emotions, and ideas? If you do not possess this great desire for truth, then your understanding of the Bible will be greatly impaired. Perhaps the most frightening aspect of all this is that God will permit you to accept and believe a lie if you want to. If you desire a certain doctrine of error more than you desire the truth, God will let you have your way. Hear the terrible warning contained in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 10-14, through where the Holy Spirit speaks of those who did not have the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God sendeth them a working of error, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be judged to believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, for that God chose you from the beginning unto salvation in sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto He called you through our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, beloved, the gospel is the means through which God has called us to obedience, but human perversions have sidetracked so many souls. Are you careful to avoid these common perversions of the Word of God? Although we may never fully comprehend many passages found in the Bible, because it is a book of greater depth than even the finest scholars can fully penetrate, yet we can learn what God wants us to do in obeying His will, this is the vital, urgent point. This is what we should be concerned about rather than understanding some of the deep things of Daniel or the book of Revelation. One should be content with the spiritual milk of the word first, leaving the strong meat for the time when one has grown into spiritual maturity. As the Apostle Peter wrote, As newborn babes long for the spiritual milk which is without guile, that you may grow thereby unto salvation. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, as all of these attitudes develop and one's understanding grows, one must then be sure he has a true desire to obey the will of God. Hear me today. Are you listening? A mere curiosity about the Bible or an academic interest in it is not enough. The Word of God demands a new way of life. Holy truth cries out for application and practice. If we refuse to accept and obey the truth when it comes to our understanding then all further understanding will be hindered and ultimately blocked. The Word of God is the only food for the soul of man. If the simple food, the milk of the Word, is refused, then the solid food will be withheld because it cannot be digested. If one were to tackle the strong meat of the Word first, he would only find frustration and spiritual indigestion. A spiritual babe cannot assimilate strong meat. In conclusion, my friends, remember that unless the attitude of the student is right, all the methods and rules in the world would avail very little. Only with the right attitude, with the right spirit of mind and heart, one may grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. To know the truth, and then not obey it, is surely the greatest tragedy of all. In Hebrews 5 and verse 9, it is revealed that Christ becomes unto all them that obey Him the author of eternal salvation. How thankful we are to reach back in time to see these very wise words penned then are just as applicable now as we consider this study today through the late V.E. Howard, Understanding the Will of God. I am so thankful to bring this broadcast to you today, and would like to add a couple of other things as we bring our broadcast to a close. First of all, from time to time here on the International Gospel Hour, you will hear me bring forth lessons from the late V.E. Howard and his successor, Brother Winford Claiborne. It is a privilege of mine to bring these back from days past. What is solid and what will preach then will also preach and teach now. How thankful we are to reach back into our archives, if you will, and hear these good men. We would encourage you through our website at internationalgospelhour.com, and while there, please download our app to the International Gospel Hour. You will be able to hear lessons from Brother V.E. Howard, Brother Winford Claiborne, and Brother Jody Apple, whom I followed with this broadcast. You'll be able to hear these men that helped to form the International Gospel Hour and to continue its growth to this day. And dear friends, you contribute to that growth as well. So we are very thankful to study this material together. May we also remind you that we have a number of opportunities for study. As mentioned earlier in our broadcast, if you go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, You can click on the Resources tab and find a tremendous amount of free information through our friends at apologeticspress.org, as well as broadcast through our friends at the Gospel Broadcasting Network at gbntv.org. We are so thankful that we can study together and to see the Word of God and that we can embrace those things therein. We are also mindful that with our website, you can learn a little bit more about us. You can learn a little bit more about our broadcast and our studies together. And we're also grateful that for many of you, you are listening to us through the variety of podcast platforms that are provided. Wherever you may be in this world, you can reach the International Gospel Hour and listen to our broadcast. And I'm always indebted for those that join me.